0: welcome to the battleground wisconsin my name is matt brusky and i'm the deputy director here at citizen action of wisconsin and welcome to another week from wisconsin we have our other panelist at the moment that is robert craig executive director here at citizen action robert tucked away in denver where he has been hiking as many mountains as denver will allow him to hike in the last few days robert good to have you
1: uh good to be here we had Two, two cold days, Monday and Wednesday in the 40s and rainy. First ra- serious rain in six weeks for when I was here. But given I'm used to Wisconsin hikes, I, I still had really good hikes on those two days. And I brought just enough wet gear and layers to make it work, though I have to tell you the accuracy of weather forecasting on the front range of the Rockies is much less than in the Midwest. It was widely different than when we left, uh, than the predictions were when we left uh, town, Matt, for that conference over the weekend.
0: Well, I'm glad you were able to take the time uh, to hike. And I know you're going to be headed back to Wisconsin and uh, Robert, you'll find it not surprising that it wasn't a dull moment while you've been off. Obviously, um, Robert sort of mentioned there, we did have a conference in Denver this weekend with our national network, People's Action. It was a strategic summit and a number of the uh, leaders and strategic leaders uh, from around the country were gathered to, you know, do planning uh, for both this year, but for years going down the road. And it was the first time uh, we had had a really large gathering of folks. Uh, it was obviously under a lot of very strict COVID safety protocols, but it was just awesome to be back in community with people from all over the country, fellow travelers, folks trying to organize and, you know, with big agendas, big ideas who want to really change the world. And um, it was just great uh, to be with folks and to be having those conversations and, and, and strategizing. But um, we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, we are going to talk about the SCOTUS leak. Uh, on Roe v. Wade. And uh, it's obviously just a significant news. And we're going to be joined uh, later in the show by Courtney Hayward from Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin to talk more about specifically the implications here in Wisconsin. And of course, how folks um, who have been moved by uh, this leak uh, to get involved and what what are other opportunities for that. But Robert, I'm coming to you. Want to get your initial thoughts on this. We'll talk a little bit, just sort of lay some groundwork before we're joined by Courtney later in the show. But um, we, we, we've had a few days. Uh, you you sent me a late night text. Ah, I shouldn't say too late, but a, an evening text saying, you know, right after it had been leaked, it said, looks like we have a topic. <laughs> so uh, this is um, obviously historic, not shocking. We have expected this, But the leak is certainly shocking, and it's always a bit shocking when you when sort of the reality of something as historic as a fifty year old constitutional right being taken away. Uh, Robert, your initial thoughts?
1: So, we're past beyond the initial shock. I mean, disappointment that they're actually going through with it. It appears, though, we don't know who did the leak, and Fox News and the Republicans or their messaging because this is not popular, their position is not popular, is completely focused on the leak, blaming quote-unquote liberal justices with no knowledge of who it is whatsoever. It really could be a conserv- someone from the conservative side afraid that they were modifying the decision, because the first draft or such decision is extreme, and there's a question of whether all five are going to sign on to something that extreme, but they clearly are all voted to support the Mississippi law to uphold it. That's why that's how the process works. So we know there are five to uphold a, a draconian, um, a, you know, anti-abortion, anti-choice law. We don't know if it'll be a sweeping in the as it is in the final as the, the draft is, and we also do not know. Um, frankly, whether the leak, which has never happened before, is going to influence the outcome. So we do not know the outcome. and We need to tell it. We need to keep telling everyone it is still legal. And there, I think there are a lot of women out there who are probably confused because the media is not making that clear. But as to the thing itself, this conspiracy has been clear since the late 1970s. And, what, and there have been voices with voices in women's health, voices on the left that have been raising the alarm bells the whole time. And this is a perfect example of how the right is unified and they have a systematic strategy. They've packed the Supreme Court illegitimately. This is not a representative court of any national elections. And, for, and we, we know they've packed the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. And we'll get to this in the next segment, Matt, I'm sure, with Courtney. But in Michigan, there's a, not, there's a possibility of overturning the existing abortion ban law is unconstitutional. Here, there probably isn't because of they've also taken over the state Supreme Court, though I, there may, that appeal may occur anyway. It's, uh, we're not making that decision. And we need to think about how they had a court strategy, a legislative strategy to make this off. And, and the court strategy was also in jurisprudence. They were developing the legal theory of this and getting the people on court who would then implement the legal theory out of the Federalist Society. Whereas some of the Democratic tent have been adamant about this for a long time. The problem is the Democratic tent is not very unified. And There's a conventional wing and conventional pundits who not only don't run on abortion when it's 20 points our direction and are afraid of the word abortion. And furthermore, Democrats who aren't really responding in kind. Given the stealing of court seats, they should have added Supreme Court justices. They should have done it when they had full power, and they didn't do it. Or they should have limited, as Congress can, the jurisdiction of, the, of a rogue U.S. Supreme Court, which is increasingly rogue. But they didn't do it, and there's still not a unity to do it. There's still not 50 votes in the U.S. Senate. This is really about making the Democratic Party an instrument that can actually respond to the frontal attack on basic human rights and ultimately democracy coming from the right. And this is true with global warming. So the question is, if this isn't a warning call about what's possible, both on a fundamental constitutional right that's been held for 50 years. um, And by the way, it has implications for gay marriage. It has implications for the right to birth control because they have dismissed the right to privacy in the Constitution. If the opinion holds in terms of its language, if it's not in the Constitution, then it doesn't exist. And that flaunts the Ninth Amendment, which says that the Bill of Rights, this is why a lot of the founders, including Madison, didn't want to have a Bill of Rights. The fact that a light isn't listed doesn't mean there aren't other rights, because they were concerned they wouldn't list them all. And then rights to be taken away. And so if you take away the right to privacy, which is pretty damn fundamental, the gover- that the gov- that you don't have any any right to privacy and, and government control, say your birth control decisions or you know, define marriage in a religious way, then you don't have much much freedom at all. And but this is the implication here is boundless, not only on privacy, but anything else, not simply mention the Constitution ignoring the amendment of the Constitution that says that you shouldn't do that. So they're not even strict textualists, Matt. It's a lie. This is religious not ideological. And the religious part's a lie, too, because the religious consensus was a political decision in the 70s by the religious right. There was not a religious consensus among evangelicals that you had to ban abortion in the early to mid-70s.
0: Well, Robert, you brought it up. I mean, obviously, and again, we are going to dive much more into the very specifics of its implication, particularly on abortion access here in Wisconsin, uh, with Courtney from Planned Parenthood in the next segment. But what is so shocking about what is in this is in, in Alito is the one who wrote, or is at least penned this, I believe it was like a fourth draft or something. What you bring up, is extraordinarily important because this could be just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what this conservative court is going to rule on. Um, and you hinted at it. Um, there are plenty of things in here that they question that, that, that the constitution was silent on. So therefore, even though they later on Alito tries to suggest somehow that um, we're not saying that that is, is part of this ruling, it's like, really? Serious? Does anyone believe that or trust that, Robert?
1: Where, where, where does the Constitution say that corporations are people or money is speech? It could go on and on. This is completely selective based on what right-wing doctrine is being implemented. In other words, implied rights or, 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 right, or you know, general human rights not listed in the Constitution can be applied when it's a conservative idea and ideology, when it's not then they will take it out. That's, this, is, this is what's called legislating from the court. This is not any kind of jurisprudence. It's ideological. So it looks like Roe versus Wade is going to be badly compromised by polling the Mississippi law unless a judge actually flips. You have to believe Kavanaugh, who said he thought this was settled precedent and apparently lied in Susan Collins' office, um, doesn't flip. Then they're going to uphold the Mississippi law. We really don't know if it'll be as sweeping as the draft decision, uh, but it could be, and that may be why the leak existed. We do not know what this leak has never happened. But really, since at least something really bad is going to happen, we need to question needs to be what do we do? The protests are appropriate, you know, the general upset. We need to make this a major electoral issue overcomes even the structural disadvantages we have and all of the rigging of the electoral system. And if the whole unified Democratic Party isn't willing to do that, then we are conceding a fundamental constitutional right and we are causing tremendous damage. It's not a right that's about people's privilege and their preferences. This is about life and death, folks, and whether we actually have an equal society because this returns a gross old-school view of patriarchy.
0: Folks, you're listening to The Battleground, Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to The Battleground, Wisconsin. Again, my name is Matt Bruskey. We're Citizen Action, Wisconsin. We are really excited to have a special guest with us. That's Courtney Hayward. Courtney is the Government Relations Specialist at Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin. Courtney, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, Courtney, we spent our first episode just laying out what happened, right, with the SCOTUS leak, but really thrilled to have you on, to be able to just tell our listeners, we've been hearing certainly at Citizen Action from members about like, what does this mean here in Wisconsin, specifically, how to, how might, if this decision is as it might be, how would that impact Wisconsin? And then, of course, we, after that, we want to get into what people can actually do, but Courtney... Uh, Enlighten our listeners a little bit from Planned Parenthood's perspective as to how this potential SCOTUS ruling could impact yeah. works in Wisconsin.
2: So, again, thank you for having me today. Um, as you guys can imagine, the last like a couple of days have been pretty chaotic for our staff here. Um, we've kind of been anticipating this for a while. Ever since the Supreme Court decided to take the case, we knew that there was a really good chance that they would just totally go away with Roe um it was not something I was hoping was going to happen I had a little faith that maybe it wouldn't happen but now that the document is being leaked it looks like that is likely the the scenario um until we have an official decision our doors will continue to remain open and we will continue to provide abortion care in the state of Wisconsin however the moment that that decision comes um into play or once that decision comes down we will um, stop providing abortion care in the state of Wisconsin Um, Because as means to protect our our providers, uh, we don't want to put them in jeopardy for any kind of um, lawsuits or criminal actions against them. So we will stop providing care at that point. Um, We need people now. The only real solution to any of this is to contact the legislators. Like right now is an opportunity for the Wisconsin State Legislature to come back into session and make a move on the Abortion Rights Preservation Act which would repeal the criminal abortion ban in the state of Wisconsin. If they don't do that, abortion could um, be outlawed completely without any exception for rape or incest. So essentially a 10 year old who is molested by her father um, and gets pregnant by her father would be forced to carry this this baby to term because there is no exceptions for that um, in in our criminal abortion ban in Wisconsin. So it's unfortunate like stories like that, that, those can be a reality very soon in the state of Wisconsin. And so we have an opportunity right now, like this is bad, this is really, really bad, but it's also an opportunity for the Republicans to to come back and say, we actually do care about a woman's rights and and their bodily autonomy so that they can um, make decisions about their own bodies. We do care about these things so they could come back and and, um, make a decision on or or take action on the Abortion Rights Preservation Act. They're choosing that to you at this
0: point. So listeners, uh, to be clear, while we are talking about certainly a federal uh, Supreme Court here, Courtney and Planned Parenthood are calling on us, calling on you, please contact your state legislators. We will have a link on our webpage uh, with the podcast to how you can contact your state legislators, but to support state legislation, which would continue to protect women's right even in spite of what the Supreme Court could do. Now, Courtney, I think many of our listeners are pretty wise to the world of uh, what our state legislature is uh, and the challenge that is. Um, Obviously, uh, a little bit more further thoughts on just sort of this. And then, of course, Robert, want to give you an opportunity for a question.
2: Yeah, so we all know the makeup of it. You know, the, in the House and um, in the Senate, the Republicans are in control. Um, and so the Senator Royce and uh, Representative Subic introduced the Abortion Rights Preservation Act actually back in 2020. Um, and <laughs> they haven't even gotten a hearing on this piece of legislation that could repeal this criminal abortion plan. So um, the Republicans are choosing to do nothing at this point and we need them them to
0: act. Robert?
1: Uh, Thank you very much, Courtney. I have one quick question that's probably a one-word answer, then I'll ask the next question. I uh, know that one option is to try to get the, uh, the, the right to an abortion, a woman's right to control their own bodies, upheld by a state Supreme Court. And I know that looks like it'll be what they try to do in Michigan. I'm guessing it's too early to tell. And Folks are still talking to the lawyers, but I thought I would quick check.
2: Yeah, our our legal department is um, currently exploring all legal um, options at the moment. Um, If a case were to get to the Supreme Court, uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court, it is not likely that they would rule in in our favor. So that is not like the best scenario at this point. So again, like the best option, the best path forward, the best opportunity for us right now would be for... The, the state legislators to come back in and, and make a move on the Abortion Rights Preservation
1: Act. And we know the challenge is not that this is unpopular, uh, this is the, they're taking the unpopular decision, but it revs up a base that yes. is critical to, to the Republican Party. Um, but that this is undemocratic rigging upon undemocratic rigging. You have a U.S. Supreme Court that is majority representing a small portion of the country, majority far right, when seven of the last eight elections, the Democrats won the popular vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you stole, they stole a seat by, by finagling and by, in the U.S. Senate um, in, late, in the late Trump administration. Uh, that's one. Then the state Supreme Court was similarly stolen by making it big money and pouring corporate and far right-wing money into it. It used to be these used to be kind of state elections where – uh, potential judges made their arguments and they weren't a huge deal like they became for most of Wisconsin history. They changed that in the 1990s. And so we have a narrow right-wing majority. And then we have a legislature that's unrepresentative as well because of some of the worst maps in the country, which is saying something and that they just wig- rigged at least another two years, maybe another eight years. And so it's amazing. The barriers, the anti-democratic barriers, to a fundamental constitutional right. Um, my question is, is this, because I know everyone at Planned Parenthood has been aware of this threat for a long time, raising the alarm bells, and probably so frustrated that not the entire democratic establishment has fully believed them, right? And has fully acted as if this threat was real. Mm-hmm. Some of our listeners are going to say, well, the Republicans in the legislature Uh, They've already decided we can never influence them. We shouldn't bother to call them. I would say this. There was a theory among some conventional Democrats that Republicans just wanted this as a mobilization issue. They didn't want to actually do it. It's like the dog caught the car problem. Mm -hmm. Now it's unpopular when you have to do it. Now, I think one of the reasons you call is there may be some Republican legislators that always thought that they it, they wouldn't have to actually do this. They'd just be able to position themselves on it, especially when it comes to no rape exception, uh, mm-hmm. no, uh, no, no, no incest exception, though obviously we think that those are not the only places where women should have their constitutional rights. Right. But that one, the polling goes even worse. So you talk a little bit about how we don't really know how all these Republicans will behave when they're actually doing the real deal? Because they've never had to do it, they've just had to position themselves and virtue signal on their side.
2: Well, so my theory is, and my thoughts are, if your representative isn't representing you, then they don't need to be there. Vote them out. Mobilize your friends, tell your friends and family members to vote them out. They don't need to remain um, making decisions about your everyday lives if they're not going to make the decisions that that, are, that serve you best. And so that is the most powerful thing that I think Americans have. We have the right to vote, exercise that. I am thrilled about the momentum and, and the enthusiasm that people are gaining now because of this lead decision. Um, but we need to keep that momentum going through November. We need them to show up at the polls. Midterm elections don't have a big voter turnout. We need them to turn out in droves and vote these folks out. They have an opportunity now to make a decision to come back and and, and rectify this so that Wisconsin um, birthing people can have the uh, right to access abortion care. They're choosing not to. So if they're choosing to not act in the best interest of their constituents, then they don't need to remain there. So vote in November. And we. it's also important to keep people like Tony Evers and Josh Call in office. They are the ones who are right now Really protecting us from legislation that the Republicans have tried to push through in, the, in this in this session alone, they've tried to to push through I think ten or eleven pieces of legislation that would limit a birthing person's right to access abortion in Wisconsin. Without um, Governor Evers' veto pen, they would have gotten through. We would be Texas right now if it wasn't for Governor Evers. So we need to also keep him in office as well.
0: So, folks. I've been listening to Courtney and Robert here. And let me summarize, since we're about to go to a break. One, you matter. Your voice matters. Two, it's possible a number of these Republican legislators have never really thought this day would come. They need to hear from you. They need to be challenged. They need to rethink their position. This is in play. We need to put it in play. And if not, take them out. And we need to vote. It's very simple. The other thing is we need to belong to organizations. Courtney, if people want to join and get involved in Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin, what should they do?
2: Yep, go to our website www.ppawi.org. We have a a ton of information on how you can get involved and sign up for our text messaging and email campaigns. We are hosting events uh, virtually and in person over the next several weeks. So look out on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok uh, for more information about what we're doing. Our Facebook and our social media will have the most up-to-date information about what's going on within PPAWI
0: courtney thank you so much for taking the time uh in an extraordinarily busy time for you all uh, to educate our listeners and remind us the importance of our voice and voting thank you courtney
2: absolutely thanks for having me have a good
0: one awesome folks with that we got to take a break you're listening to the battleground wisconsin welcome back to the battleground wisconsin Again, we're citizen action it was great to be joined in the previous segment by Courtney. Robert, I wanted to give you any final thoughts you might've had um, after the interview with Courtney before we move on topics.
1: Yeah, and I don't wanna jump ahead, but we, you know, this is a serious, huge issue for equal rights uh, in this country and it has implications for a lot of the rights that we mentioned, gay marriage, for example. Okay just the right to privacy, the Griswold versus Connecticut case, which uh, was on birth control and states not allowing deciding what birth control could be used by couples, if any. And so against the state of Connecticut, you wouldn't think of Connecticut, but that's how things used to be around here. I also want to say this is a broader threat. This means everything is on the table. Everything the right is talking about is real, that they're serious. we need to start getting to the point where the extremes of our ideology punishes them politically. And if we can't do that, there's no other hope. And we need to understand things like climate change. I mean, we're not taking that seriously enough. The federal government is still not, despite President Biden's efforts, being the first president to really push it and really believe in it and not taking serious action. And so you have one side that's ineffectual. And this is what happened in the early stages. This is what led to fascism. One side was ineffectual and disunified, and the other knew exactly what they were do, doing. They were a minority, and they took the reins of power and they implemented an extreme, a toxic, a genocidal agenda. That is what happened in the 20s and 1930s. It's different now. I'm not saying it's exactly like those movements, but there are a lot of echoes, Hi- history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. As someone said, it's been attributed to Mark Twain. He probably didn't say it. And But we need to think about the other major issues. And climate change it is, the, is, the, is the granddaddy, the giant one of them all. There's now research indicating that we're, we may have now a tremendous series of pandemics uh, because of global warming that's already taken place. And it'll get worse because Uh, New diseases are created when animals that are not, don't usually interact with each other, interact with each other. It's like human populations. When Europeans came here and spread disease to native people, it's the same thing. And so that is how these new viruses are created. And global warming is making all sorts of animals mix as they try to move and survive that don't usually mix. So it's amazing how much threat we face and how we do not yet have a unified democratic movement with that with the strategy and the power to fight back because this is a pivot point, not only in American history, not only in world history, but in human history.
0: With that, we have to switch gears just a little bit here. We're going to move. It's, it's actually not too adrift. It is talking about the ongoing right-wing conspiracy against our election system. Um, Robert, I don't know. I know you've You've been out there on mountainsides, but there was a pretty amazing court (laughs) ruling from a judge this week here in Wisconsin yesterday. Uh, This is the second judge that has ordered the Assembly Republicans uh, and Gableman to stop destroying the records associated with their sham uh, election review. Um, And the quotes from the Dane County Circuit Judge is pretty amazing she says look i'm frankly amazed that i have to say don't destroy records that are subject to an open records request or order that to occur i think all of us know that what is the law she also goes on to say she's amazed that she's having this conversation about a former state supreme court justice who ought to know better and it's even more surreal the attorneys for the assembly for the assembly Republicans essentially are like, well, okay, you can, you can say that we're supposed to do this, but we can't stop that Gableman guy. (laughs) It's like we have no control over him. And she's like, the hell you do. You are the contractor you're paying him and you're going to be held responsible. (laughs) It's, it's, it's head shaking, but like, look, folks, this is how democracy starts to grind down Robert.
1: Well, Gableman, we were talking about an issue incredibly important in its own right, uh, the woman's right to an abortion and control their own reproductive life. That's an important issue itself, but has broader implications. Just think about what this means uh, about conservatives. What it means is they're not really serious about rule of law. That was a talking point. They're interested in rule of law for their laws, for people they want to control, the other, you name it, we're all on it. If we're listening to Battleground Wisconsin, unless we're part of a vibrant right-wing troll community, then they're, you're, you're there spying for them, which is a fine. This is public. And they and in this case, open records laws are for suckers, they're for Democrats, and we'll throw people in jail, commit to probably charging with felonies if they violate open records laws, on information we want to get out of them. But on the other way, just shred it. It doesn't matter. And by the way, the, the judges shock the Supreme Court justices to do this. This is the kind of person they are putting on court. This is how you overturn Roe versus Wade. These folks are ideologues. And I, we suddenly throw that word out and it sounds like just an, an epithet, like you know, a name calling. No, no, no. The, they make an, someone who is extremely ideological like that has no ability to step back, no ability to think about the pros and cons and the different side perspectives. They just find a way to make the law conform to their ideology. And that's what we saw with the Trump insurrection. We still don't know if there'd be accountability for that. The shocking thing may not be Trump, the shocking thing was, is the number of people who were part of the conspiracy. Who are, who are on the right, who are people that are known and were part of uh, quote-unquote conventional Republican politics, and the number of co-conspirators in Congress who know darn well, these are Republicans, what happened, and for political reason, have decided to flip and not hold the president accountable for it. We have Kevin McCarthy tapes, the House Minority Leader would-be speaker if, if they win this election, Um, who clearly understood how bad it was, wanted Trump gone in some way, and of course flipped as soon as it wasn't his interest because what he really wants to be Speaker of of, of the House, regardless of the consequences. And so you get this combination of extreme ideologues and extreme people with extreme ambition. It's not clear McCarthy believes any of this, but McCarthy is ambitious and knows what he needs to say to get power. So that toxic combination is a threat to Everything we believe in, and so don't just say Gableman's one bad guy. this is what the right and the GOP is about now. It is an anti-democratic party it's the first major conservative party in the Western world to turn its back on the basic norms of democracy and that is according to really good political scientists who study conservative government, that is a huge threat Now if you don't have a conservative party that believes in democratic norms. Uh, You probably can't have a stable democracy.
0: Well, geez, Robert, that sounds exactly like the kind of party we should invite to Milwaukee for a convention.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I do want to call out the Democrats for that that. a little. That's a good point.
0: I just said that. Yep. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I would say all the Democratic folks who want to bring them. You know, they they're they're not wearing fascist insignia of any kind yet, but they'll have their own at some point. Maybe it's the MAGA hat.
0: Yeah. I mean, we should definitely bring them to Milwaukee. Right. That's really nice. Uh, It's exactly what the residents and citizens have been longing for. Um, Anyways, look, hey, folks. Before we go to break and uh, on the other side of break, we're going to be joined by Barbara Serta, the Southeast wisconsin co-op organizing director to talk about a really exciting election event we're doing next wednesday but before we do that i do want to remind everybody we have our brew fest coming up uh also later this summer in june june 22nd to be specific on a wednesday it's going to be at our office our new office over there on 47th and Velit Street. So really wanna encourage you to attend. We'll have links where you can go RSVP, make a donation. Uh, it'll be fun to see everybody. It's great to be in space again with folks. So really wanna encourage you again, Wednesday, June 22nd, our brew fest. But with that folks, we're gonna just take a quick break and come right back with Barbara Serda. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. This is Citizen Action. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We got a special guest. It's a twofer. We've had Planned Parenthood and we got Barbara Serta, Southeast Co-op Organizing Director here at Citizen Action. Barbara, thanks for jumping on this morning and talking with us.
3: Yes. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, it's great. And by the way, you're just, I know this is an audio, but you've got lots of light and sunshine in your room. It looks great. It's nice to see that. We're still looking for spring to hit here in Wisconsin. But Barbara, I didn't have you on to talk about spring, although we do have an event. You have an event coming up here in Southeast Wisconsin uh, that uh, I wanted our listeners to know about because they should attend if they're interested. Tell them more.
3: Yes, they should definitely attend. So, I really love celebrations. I really um, like to celebrate a lot of the small wins, um, a.k.a. getting up in the morning, um, having breakfast are small wins for me. But also, um, we have really big wins, and you know, this was my you know my first election season working at Citizen Action uh, as an organizer. And we worked really, really hard during the spring election um, season, and we worked hard with uh, a really great endorsement committee um, coming out of Southeast Wisconsin. Uh, we had brand new members who were involved uh, with, our, or with our endorsement committee, and then we also had um, our longtime loyal members of Citizen Action uh, who were on this endorsement committee. And so- I would...
0: Barbara, what I'm hearing you'd say is uh, at Citizen Action, your co-op has like an election committee that helps work on elections, leads the process, including screening candidates and helping make recommendations to our board as to who we ought to be supporting. That's pretty damn exciting.
3: Yes, yes, it was pretty damn exciting. We did really well. Um, so I feel that it is a perfect time to get together with that endorsement committee, but then also the candidates that we endorsed, um, you know, for the spring elections and try and celebrate those collective victories. Uh, so we will be coming together next week, Wednesday, May 11th, and all Citizen Action members are invited um, and staff, of course. So I hope to see you, um, I'll be you all there. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so Wednesday, May 11th at 5.30, uh, we'll be going until 7 p.m. And we'll be at Walker's Point Center for the Arts. Uh, The address there is 839 South 5th Street in Milwaukee. Uh, And we have really great people that are uh, signed up to attend already. We have, you know, some elected officials, newly elected officials. We have Mm -hmm. our, yep, we have uh, the people who are on the leadership committees, for Southeast Wisconsin uh and you have me you have to you can come out and meet me all right,
0: uh, <laughs> all right.
3: If Focus. we haven't, yeah if we haven't connected already I would love to meet any uh citizen action members and listeners uh and you know I'll be I'll be getting some pizza and refreshments and, and we're gonna have a um a really great program it'll be shorter but I we really want to talk about that endorsement process and how folks who may be considering running for office can get, um, can apply for, you know, the endorsement uh, process either in the fall for the fall elections or in the future. Uh, and like I said, you get to come out and meet uh really awesome citizen action staff and members.
0: Absolutely. And again, folks come on out. We're also going to talk, like she said, we are going to talk a little bit about the fall and what's coming up. Uh, Look, huge, huge, important election. We know our state legislature is gerrymandered, but there are some opportunities here in Southeast Wisconsin that uh, we can be involved in, helping make a difference in the state legislature. And let's face it, um, turnout in our area down here is gonna be critical to winning the US Senate. Uh, doing all the things that uh, Courtney was on talking about that are going to be critical to protecting, let's just say, basic democracy <laughs> here in Wisconsin. So, folks, please get out. Uh, get out. We're going to, you know, we'll we'll keep everything safe, right? Uh, but please come on out and uh, hear about what we're going to be doing. Uh, again, it's Wednesday, May 11th, right? 5.30 30.
3: Yes, Wednesday, May eleventh, and we have so much to celebrate. You know, we have this um, new citizen action platform that we worked so hard on, and uh, and we really, you know, we really did stick to our values this election season. So that is worth celebrating in itself. Uh, Come out! Is Juan
0: Miguel going to be there? Juan
3: Miguel is going to be there. Yes. Go, folks.
0: the 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 now famous Juan Miguel Martinez campaign uh which was really critical this spring uh he'll be there and folks the other thing is um if if you come out we're we'll we'll provide a little bit of information too we got some news about what our national network people's action wants to do this fall so come on out we'll talk about that it's going to be an extraordinarily exciting uh, uh, in critically important uh, election year. Barbara, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and to, that you're organizing this event to try to get people fired up about the opportunities.
3: Yes, thank you for having me. This is so exciting.
0: Well, Barbara, we're going to have you back on uh, to talk more about elections and other things this fall, but also uh, any time we have things going on in the co-op. So we really appreciate you uh, coming on and joining us.
3: Yes, yes, I'll be happy to come back on.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Barbara. So folks, again, Wednesday, May 11th, get out there, meet Barbara. I'll be there. There'll be a bunch of people. Come on out, get involved. Democracy is not a spectator sport. It will not be financed by the wealthy. It is going to happen by people power coming together, organizing, and getting involved. So we'll see you next Wednesday. Uh, Thank you, Barbara. And with that, Robert, 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 I'm coming back to you because before we go, there's a few more topics we have to talk about. And one of them is uh, related to a really challenging discussion that we're going to continue to have as a movement. I think for over the next decade, it's sort of one of the more fundamental discussions that we have to have. And that's breaking down what is um, what I would describe as the public consensus around uh, public safety uh and it's we've certainly discussed this as it relates to all the activity that's been going on around the the effort for for justice um and it's around this whole idea that public opinion continues to hold that people think they're they're more safe right with police and that police make them safer and there was a report a survey that came out this week now it came out by the state uh, police union so i'm not here to vouch for the whole survey, but there's important stuff in there that definitely shows um, no matter who you are, where you live, there still are majorities who believe this dominant frame that more police make us safe. Now there are and, and if we don't break that down and get people to understand that like that that is not actually directly correlated, and Robert, I want I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, but before I kick it to you, there is other things that's buried. It is buried in this survey. Uh, they try to hide this. I'll just be clear about that. That definitely shows there is huge support for other kinds of public. Safety interventions, including the things we care deeply about social workers, public health, other things. There's this poll actually sh- shows that there is significant support in the 60s for that kind of additional support, which is really where, which is very instructive. Robert, your thoughts on this?
1: And I think, you know, the Wisconsin Professional Police Association um, is moderate for a police union. So this isn't like, you know, the Fraternal Order of Police in New York or something. And this is done by an independent pollster, St. Norbert's College, they have been doing it for 10 years. So it's a baseline poll. I'm sure there are certain questions they don't ask that wouldn't be in their advantage. But there's no question that in these critical things, not only are police, oh, is policing popular and police popular, um, it's also popular among people of color. And so we do, we need to not quench the fire people on the streets screaming for uh, and and, and understandably demanding rapid fundamental reform. But when folks stand up and say, talk about their communities they do need to realize where the voters in their communities are, there is a tension. And I think we need both. We need the understanding of how bad this is and how it needs to change and how it's part, it's a fundamental part of structural racism underpinning of it, mass incarceration, which is the effect of it is. We also need, and this is where pragmatic radicalism comes in, in, which is our mantra, a serious power analysis of where the public is now and how to move them. And just demanding the whole thing when it's not politically possible and you can't get most Democrats to do it, especially when there's a perceived crime surge, It doesn't build anything. So we need to build on the George Floyd moment and the massive unrest by becoming learning from what's happened and becoming pragmatic radicals. And I think we could take a page, unfortunately, out of the Wright's book on an unpopular position. They have advanced now, and that is um, is banning abortion. They took out, they did it step by step to the popular pieces like they're going to have bill after bill that takes the most unpopular part of abortion and tries to outlaw it and keep moving forward. And I think the thing is, if we're going to rebalance resources, having specific rapid response units on mental health that are directed by 911 and where mental health and social workers are set instead of police in places like Denver and Albuquerque, and it's not just me saying this, like the leaders of the Minnesota movement to change the police that lost are saying this, that that not only takes a lot of resources of the police, it reduces the number of police calls dramatically, and it's publicly popular. And so, so that's the kind of building block we need, Matt.
0: So, Robert, that there is broad public support in this poll for what you just said, 64% of the public support increasing local taxes. Did you hear that? Increasing local taxes for specially trained mental health officers. huh? 61% favor increasing local taxes to pay for body-worn cameras. 67% of the public support increasing spending for social programs. They do have this little
1: down police calls by almost a quarter in Albuquerque and Denver. So you really are DM-sizing police with that. Can we make every single Democratic city actually do it for real? It has to be a separate force where police aren't sent. They're sent instead.
0: But it, this is a way for us to make immediate progress, actually accomplish something, and do things that will actually start to, 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 to change things and it it deals with the public perception which we do have to change over time and by the way the data shows it's not true because we know that you can add more police it doesn't necessarily mean crime or violence is going to go down there are other things that move that these other supports that we're talking about so folks I just wanted to bring that up because you may hear about that poll and so, while there is definitely truth about where broad public opinion is, it's because there hasn't been enough. We haven't effectively pushed these, uh, this, these other supports. We can do that uh, going forward. Robert, any final thoughts on this?
1: One closing thought: uh, Our goal here is not. This is not a stopping point. This is a beginning point. We have to hold the ultimate objective. Okay, number one, and number two, this is even deeper than police and the racism in the whole concept of the way we do policing in this country and mass incarceration. This gets down to the role of violence in our society, which is also something now strongly supported by Republicans. We continue to think that military spending makes us safer and it doesn't. And so it's the whole thing about whether violence makes us safer or figuring out how to actually create a just society and actually making giving everyone what they need to thrive and respecting everyone, whether that makes us safer. There's no question what we think that is, but it's you have to make the case and you have to show benefit because the problem we have is some of what we want to do, like reducing poverty dramatically is long-term. This is a short-term thing. I'm afraid. I want men with guns to make sure I can walk down my streets, even whether you're legitimately afraid or not. Voters feel afraid. I mean, local news helps perpetuate this. We need to make them safer as we change this system. And it's the same with military spending, which is a bar to everything we need to do in our society.
0: Folks, fighting the power, fighting for democracy is a never-ending pursuit. We're here for that. We'll see y'all next week at the Battleground. But before we go, we want to thank our guests, right? Courtney Hayward, Planned Parenthood, and... We want to, of course, thank Barbara Sutter, our Southeast Wisconsin co-op organizer. Folks, we'll see you next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin.